Welcome in to another edition of West of Everest. This episode being recorded on location in Cincinnati, Oklahoma, taking down Cincinnati 20 to 6 Saturday afternoon. Lee Benson alongside Grant Benson here to break it all down as we watch the nightcap of college football games Saturday night from our Airbnb here in the Queen City. And it was a game where, here's my, my takeaway, Grant, uh, before I bring you in. I think the, the headline for me is that you can't complain about a win, especially considering Oklahoma did not make it to 4-0 last season. The Sooners make it to 4-0 this season on the road in the Big 12 opener. I think it's a very that's a very half glass full way of looking at it for sure. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm there too. I'm 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 happy they won. Um, trying to appreciate that they didn't get to three and zero last year, but they or I'm sorry, they didn't get to four and zero last year, uh, but they have this year. And you know what? It's just it's kind of a different thing. The game was funky. The game was really funky. Uh, but and I've I've watched back the first three quarters of it before we've done this. But at least what we can say is that the defense, the defense is good. They look like, they, they do look better. I mean, it, it's better. It's clearly better. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's better. I'm still going to be somewhat skeptical, mainly because uh, I'm, I'm not really sure how good these offenses are they're playing. But granted, they're, ta- they're, they're doing what they need to do against offenses, even if they're not that good. Um, SMU puts up, what, 17 today against TCU, who got you know, bulldozed by Colorado a few weeks ago. Uh, Cincinnati's offense is fine. Uh, it's, it's, it's okay. Um, and Oklahoma, for the most part, shut it down. So the Sooners did what it should have done, I suppose, against a team like that. Uh, and really the way, you know, the Big 12 was set up this season, they may not be challenged a whole lot on the offensive side of the ball or the defense might not be challenged that much. Uh, so uh, it's good to see that they got through four games and they're winning with defense. I mean, the, the numbers are great. I mean, six points. You look up at the scoreboard, the way things have gone the last handful of years, the way things have gone through the last four games to start the season, the most points they've allowed was, what, 11 to SMU? Uh, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So, yes, it's very good. And I'll, I'll repeat, uh, I brought it up a little bit in the last episode that I retracted my thoughts on Danny Stutzman from the previous game against Tulsa. Uh, I guess Tulsa scored more than 11, didn't they? Um, but uh, Stutzman appeared from the stands to have another really good game. He led the team in tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, one sack. Uh, Danny Stutzman seems to be a guy that has flipped a switch. I, I'll even go a little bit further from you. From my perspective in the stands, Danny Stutzman was the best player on the field today, which is awesome, great. I love that development. I'm a little surprised, though. I, I honestly, I, I was a little skeptical that maybe he would make that jump. He was all over the place, all over the place. And I'm sure when we go back, I'm sure there were, there were some mistakes and whatnot. That's always going to happen. But the dude just made plays today. He made plays. Three and a half TFLs. He had a sack. I, he's at 13 tackles. He led the Big 12 in tackles coming into this season. I mean, he's, he's there, man. He's the leader of the defense. He, he's, he's taken that step. Yeah, he looks really good. And... Uh, speaking more about the defense, good to see Desan McCullough out there and playing a full game. And he was second on the team in tackles. He had seven. He was tied with a few of the guys as well. Um, so, you know, with Justin Harrington out, McCullough steps in. First real extended action of the year. Uh, from what I could tell, I, I think he, he played well. I didn't really particularly see anything from the crowd that looked bad from his part. And Well, I mean, he, had the one, he had the one wheel route that he got 
he got uh, he got picked essentially, and it was just he he's hesitated for a split yeah. second. It wasn't necessarily, and I, I was curious to watch it back. He didn't get fooled on the play. He just kind of he there was a it was it was basically like kind of a it was a wheel, and the other guy was running a, a, a pick route essentially, and he just got caught up in the muck just a little bit, and that was enough to uh, to lose his guy there. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, there was. There was essentially two plays where they kind of got open down the field, and that was that was it. wasn't a lot bad. I haven't seen much after the first three quarters that they ran that wheel play to get a guy open. And that was really it in the game. Yeah, it worked a couple of times. Jaron Canick also with seven tackles. I got banged up in the game. I, I I know after the game, Brent Venables was asked about Canick and went to the hospital. Uh, but it appears that he'll be okay. But it, that was a. I mean, I, I we're kind of skipping way ahead to that, but just because I brought up Canick, uh, it was a weird thing being in the crowd because when he went down, what I think it was the fourth quarter, uh, the crowd was booing him because they they thought he was going down to to stop Cincinnati's momentum on offense. That was that was the most life the crowd had, like in the second half of the game, <laughs> which was ridiculous because you know before that had happened, I Canick kind of looked like a little bit wobbly here and there, like he looked tired, so like he might have gotten kind of beat down. I. I didn't see the replay of what happened on that play, but I, it sounds like he got knocked up, you know, knocked a little bit. And Cincinnati fans had no right to boo him, considering that Bearcat players had seemingly been doing that at least three, three to four times, if not more, throughout the game. It's like, all right, guys, come on, like let's let's figure this out here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's whatever it is, but yeah, I mean, that's um, hopefully he's hopefully he's okay though. I mean, but Kip Lewis came in and filled it through, and I, I wanted to bring this up. I mean, Venables talked about this all throughout fall camp and uh, about why this team will be different because they have a lot more depth a lot more competitive depth and a lot of guys are playing on defense I mean they're subbing a lot of dudes I mean they're playing freshmen in the secondary McCarry Vickers played a lot McCarry Vickers yeah so uh, Kendall Dolby had a lot of playing time today I think he was had five tackles today so they trust him a little bit more Uh, I mean Peyton Bowen obviously got in uh, not as much as last week with Desan McCullough healthy but I mean they trust a lot of players on this team, uh, linebacker-wise, it's mostly been you know Stutzman and Canick, and then you know Kip Lewis here and there. And towards the end of games, maybe um, you know that's uh, Kobe McKenzie. But man, the defensive line's got a ton of guys coming in and out, and the secondary's got a ton of guys coming in and out. Which uh, it's it's good. I mean, the fact that Brent Venables and Ted Roof is trusting freshmen and, and these players in high-leverage situations and cl- somewhat close games. That's I guess it's a good thing. Well, I mean, yeah, of course it's a good thing. And the fact that there's not there's there hasn't really been any glitches with it so far, it seems like. And like so, when we saw last year, I think the TCU game, you know, it's like Kanai Walker comes in or something like that. And it's like immediately uh, Max Duggan deep. and It's like a 70 yard touchdown. It's like, oh, my gosh, N- nothing like that's happening. Yeah, I mean, the defense is the, the defense has been really good. Uh, I think uh, this is th- this so far. This is their most impressive performance of the year so far, which is great to see. Um Trying to think of other things that maybe we had kind of questioned about the defense that I thought they were good. The, I watching back on TV, I, pass rush was good, pressure was good. They were getting they were getting pressure on on Emory Jones. They this was the first game where it seemed like they were getting a lot. They were getting through a lot more with their linebacker blitzers than they have in the past. And um, yeah, going back just from my vantage point on the on watching the TV broadcast, OU's linebacker Kanick and Stutzman are really good together like and that was I was kind of curious and maybe like sort of 
right before Canna kind of went out of the game where he looked like kind of gassed and whatnot. Maybe that kind of colored my mind a little bit too much. Watch it back on TV. He's all over the place. I mean, it's, I, I, I'll say it over and over again, and I said this while we were in the stands too, but just like I, I think that is the biggest noticeable difference, uh, difference on the defense this year is his speed in replacement of David Aguebu. Yeah, it's sorry, sorry, DU, but it's just kind of worth mentioning over and over again. Uh, it's it's different, and I mean that the havoc numbers aren't still aren't great. I mean, it's just seven TFLs. I mean, seven, whatever. I mean, you, you want to get to double digits. I just uh, watching the game. I didn't. They were. I mean, a lot of stuffs. A lot of lot of stuff. They were getting down right right or behind the line of scrimmage. I you know, couple of sacks, couple of QB hits. This Oklahoma team has been sensational on third down third down defense has been fantastic uh today three of 15 on third down that's 20 percent uh coming into the game today they were at for the season and OU was at 30 percent so it's it's only getting better it's going to improve they're going to they're going to climb up the statistics the season rankings uh I guess the yeah so uh that's awesome they're getting off the field uh they had a big fourth down stop as well today uh, in the second half uh, that was kind of like really the only, you know, where we were sitting, we were, we were in the end zone, one of the end zones, uh, the, the, the end zone where the 54 yard field goal was made <laughs> by Cincinnati. And there wasn't a whole lot of action down on that end of the field, but, uh, the fourth down stop was at that end of the field. So at least we got a good look at that. And that was cool. I, I really, I think they were, I think they got, they stopped Cincinnati on fourth down a few times. I think there was, well, maybe not, maybe that the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Cincinnati was one of four on fourth down. It's great. I mean, they were just, that's, the defense was really good in the high leverage situations in this game. And I, like, I keep thinking, it, it, it reminded me as I was going back and watching the broadcast, um, they don't, I, um, they only score, they get that first field goal to take a three nothing lead just because of the, the divisive PI call on Gentry Williams, which might, you know, re, I think you and I disagreed rewatching it. I, I thought it's, it's, you can definitely throw a flag on that. Yeah, but um, in the I stand like live. I didn't. I didn't like it. I was upset uh, in the stadium because the guy who threw the flag was was thirty yards away from the play, and the guy who was watching it right there did, kept kept the flag in his pocket. Yeah. So that's that's why I was really upset at the time. It wasn't. It it wasn't as egregious as the uh, as the Jalil Farouk pi in the end zone. That was. That's just bad. That's just bad. You just can't miss that. That's just you just can't miss that. But that's that doesn't. We're talking about the defense. Yeah. But um, defense was good, man. Without that, without that PI, I, they only score like three points. And I know they they hooked that field goal, but yeah, I, I feel like they made up for that hooked really close field goal with the really long field goal make that college kickers don't ever make. But Lee, watching it back, man, they didn't get close to getting into the end zone really at all. They no. they never threatened to get like. Nothing was close. There was nothing like overthrown that would have been there. Like that would have been a touchdown. Like I mean, it was just nothing. Just real solid, solid defense. I mean, there's there's been no, I, I guess, save for the you know one of the Tulsa touchdowns last week. Uh, Tulsa had 17. I, I thought they had try. They had the two touchdowns and the field goal. Uh, there was the you know the the weird bust last week where I, I have no idea what they're playing. Uh, and that's, that's kind of, I mean, there hasn't really been a whole, and then I, obviously Reggie Pearson, uh, you know, bit on that fourth down play, which I gave him a little more grace than maybe some other people did. By the way, I don't recall seeing Reggie Pearson at all. He today. did not play. Interesting. Uh, but, you know, Key Lawrence continues to play well, gets an interception today. 
um, the, the the players of our, you know, going back to one of our previews of we were ripping on guys of like who's going to be more relevant. I mean, well, Key Lawrence has been very relevant. Marcus Major has also been very relevant. And Justin Harrington, uh, I mean, kind of like, a you know, he's, he's injured now. And before he was injured, he was he was relevant. He was playing. He wasn't really doing much, but he wasn't making any mistakes either. So. Uh, so yeah, interesting. Yeah, anyway, Pearson didn't play as far as we saw. He's not in the box score. And uh, speaking of Key Lawrence, makes a nice interception. We were in the crowd. We were watching, and that was one of the situations where awful decision by Emory Jones. I don't think he saw Key over the top, but Key made the easy play. He he made the routine play, and he didn't drop the ball. <laughs> like like I, it, it's such a low bar for OU secondary players, and you know maybe this is. One of those things where I'm I'm kind of sensationalizing it, but I just I feel like in the last handful of years, just the easy plays sometimes like that, Oklahoma defensive backs either don't get over the top, they're not there in time, or maybe they do get there but they knock it down, they don't pick it off. But Key that made it look that he made it look very easy, and uh, that was one of two turnovers Oklahoma forced on the day. I mean, it's also a big deal because Key just has a track record for not making plays like that. And so, I mean, it's, and it's, you know, it's, it's a symbolic thing, I'm sure. Maybe it doesn't mean much, but it's easy for us to just kind of point to it. Like if you're an OU football sicko and you remember all of these, all these <laughs> drops that he's had. And so, yeah, it's just really nice to see. But you're, I, I thought it was cool from our angle of it. Um, you could see just how much space there was on that side of the field. You could see what Emory Jones was thinking. He's like, okay, sweet. I have a lot of space here. There's just one, it's just Woody and then Xavier Henderson over there. He clearly didn't see key at all which is crazy because key was on that side of the field <laughs> Don't really just two high safeties man i mean that's like pretty base defense but but like but but i said during that's something like that is a throw that like every average offense in college football makes at least once per game and that that ou in the past over basically and you know and the the lincoln riley the alex grinch regime and now this just and the remnants of last season haven't seen them be able to make those layup plays like that when the offense gives it to you. They did there, and that was great. It was big. It was a big play. I mean, Brock Purdy just died to give Oklahoma the ball over and over and over again many a times, and, and, and Pat Fields and Buki just were like, nope, we do not want it. We do not want the football. Continue on with it. Uh, this Oklahoma team so far has, has not been like that. Uh, so the defense plays incredibly well, and uh, let's see. That, I mean, we're talking about the turnovers, the third down, success, um, and that kind of leads me into the other side of the football, which uh, I guess we'll, we'll try to transition from defense to offense with this, the turnovers, Oklahoma forced two of them. Both times OU forced the, tur the turnovers, OU's offense goes three and out, doesn't take advantage of it. Uh, no doubt about it, Oklahoma has to put Cincinnati away. They have to. They let that team hang around way too long. Cincinnati's a, an average football team, uh, and it goes without saying, you do that against better football teams, it's not going to go as well. This team has obviously improved. There's more maturity. There's more depth. They're, they're better. Uh, you know, you can make the argument. I know that after the SMU game, oh, last year's team loses that game. You know, you can make the argument, this, this, you know, this game today, last year's team might find a way to lose that game. They're winning that game, and, you know, what was our big complaint last year? They lost close games, one possession games. You flip a couple plays here and there, Oklahoma wins eight, nine, maybe even ten games. Oklahoma's playing better. Sooners are 4-0. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, Grant, I, I don't know if Cincinnati was begging to be put out of their misery in the first half at times, but Oklahoma had plenty of chances, especially with the way Oklahoma, or Cincinnati's secondary looked from our advantage. 
that was a situation where it seemed like Sooners could just bomb away on him more and more, but Oklahoma could not put the Bearcats away, and that is frustrating. So I want to... I'm happy that they were able to kind of keep them at arm's length and win this game. Like, I don't want to... It's like I, I, I recognize that they struggled to even just pull out the win in games like this last year. And of course, maybe like what we're, you know, we, we, we did. We desperately wanted them to finish Cincinnati off there. But it's maybe that is evidence that, hey, they, they haven't fully taken that step yet. And that's okay. Maybe that's the progression. But also at the same time, it, it, I, I like want to be really clear about this. Oklahoma is a lot better than Cincinnati. Like I, I was there on the field. We were really close on the field. We saw them like pretty close up. Oh, like a lot better than Cincinnati. And I, they, that's a game they should have been up by three scores at halftime. They, there, was a, there was a moment there in the second quarter where OU was outgaining Cincinnati 260 to 66. And they were only up 10 to three. I, that just can't happen. And there's, there's obviously, I, listen, I, th- I think I, I'm, not, I'm not really going to be all over Dylan Gabriel on this one. I, in the stadium, I thought he played really well. Rewatching it back again, yeah, I, I saw some glitches for sure from Dylan Gabriel. Um, the same ones that we've kind of seen in, in, in his career. Maybe not as pronounced as they were last year at this time. There was still some stuff that he hit, especially in the mid-range and over the field, that was really encouraging. But this offense is, is just funky. There's something funky going on with it. And I don't... They don't have any sort of it. Does, from my perspective, it doesn't really look like they have any general idea of what their identity is or what they want to do, which confuses me because now through four games, it's so very clear to me what their identity should be. Their receivers kick ass, spread people out, and get them the ball. We said this over and over again as they were struggling. Their game plan right now should be get the ball to three, four, and five, and that is it. That's all they should be thinking about. And they and there was just times during this game where that did not seem to be a priority of theirs. And I don't I, I, I very honestly do not get it. Cincinnati's secondary stinks. It stinks. OU OU's receivers were winning over and over and over again. I you there there was no excuse not to throw for four hundred and fifty yards in this game and score forty points at least. You made the comment afterwards when we were walking out, uh, similar to the SMU game, like like no shot, like two two shots downfield. Dylan Gabriel missed a, an open, was it Farouk? It was Farouk. And then he hits Andrew Anthony on, on one of the biggest plays of the game uh, for almost for, for 49 yards. Uh, great catch by Anthony. And that was a play where you and I were, that was, uh, we were like, okay, here's what they need to do here because that was after the fourth down stop. That was the first play i think that was into the third quarter actually i think about it because they're yeah because we were thinking hey yeah take a shot here the third quarters they're going boom boom boom, and they did they took a shot one-on-one towards the boundary and they hit anthony uh and, and you're right that like the identity for jeff levy we know is, is go fast and run the ball a lot and then hit big plays through the passing game when the running game keeps you on schedule the issue so far this year with oklahoma is that they haven't really ran the ball very well uh, the, the guy that's had the most success running the football, uh, one of the games they chose not to give him the ball at all last week. Uh, today, they chose to give him the ball only five times. Uh, and, and they continue, they continue, I'm sorry, to force feed the football to their, uh, from what we've seen over time, their worst running back. And Marcus Major 
was awful in the first half, okay? Except for his 19-yard run he had on third and 19, okay? Like, whenever they don't expect him to do something, he does something. And then after halftime, he had, there was that one series where he looked like a really good running back, where he had about three, I think, carries in that stretch, where he, was, he had his shoulders squared up and picked up yardage and got upfield and got chunk plays. But most of the time, it was what we've seen from him since he's been at Oklahoma when he's been healthy. Uh, not much there. No gain. Uh, a hole slips and falls down. Just the offense goes nowhere with him. Not a coincidence, Grant, that when they brought Tawi Walker in for the first time on the first, the first series, uh, after Major had been on, in there, I think, the first two series, Oklahoma goes down, has, has no problem, has their best drive of the game and scores. And it was not just Tawi Walker, but it, it, it started with Tawi Walker. He got chunk yardage in the run game, set up plays to Farouk and Nick Anderson, and they were moving, they were moving, they were moving. No Javante Barnes. No Gavin Sachuk. We saw mostly them last week. I, Jeff Levy, after the game, said that they were wanting to get the ball mostly to Marcus Major. And he says right now the running back situation is like a week-to-week scenario. I, the rotation's week-to-week. I, what? Why? I, I, I don't – I mean, okay, Oklahoma's 4-0, so they've gotten away with it. Uh, I made a joke to you today earlier. It's like, you know what? Maybe the idea is that they're just going to use Marcus Major while he's healthy because he's always getting banged up and that like, like, oh, let's get as much out of him as we can because he's going to get injured at some point. And then when he gets injured, then we'll go to the other guys and just make sure that they're healthy before Marcus Major gets injured. I mean, obviously, you don't want Marcus to get hurt, uh, but it just he they like him a lot. Uh, it just but on the field, with the exception of, you know, two to four plays a game where it's like okay great it's just the ball goes nowhere and it's just it feel like it bogs the entire offense down like they're force feeding the ball to and it's almost like jeff levy hates us <laughs> and he, he loves marcus May. i know we're being hard on the guy he's a good kid it's just he's i guess he's practicing a lot better than everybody else you know so maybe uh, gavin sachek javante barnes and tommy walker need to be better practice players because marcus is out practicing them and I guess I don't, I don't know. I mean, and, and I mean, obviously, it's not just Levy. It's Marco Murray, too. He's probably the main guy. Uh, but that's that's the main kind of like, mm, especially whenever you see the wide receivers, the type of playmakers they are. But yet the dude who I don't know, I mean, has not made that many plays in his career, gets the ball more than anybody in the game. And it's just kind of like, man, can we do something different? I, thank uh, you, thank you for saying that. That, that. It is it is worth mentioning. Marcus Major had the most touches of anybody in this game. Can't happen. Can't happen. That just cannot happen. And I, um, it's 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 when you when you look at the box score and you see that he touched the ball the most times, it's really not a surprise they only scored twenty points. Four point two yards per carry. And hey, and like I'll be, it's he he did he he had a pretty good second half where he made where he made some plays and he but you're right he was he was he had a really terrible first half where he was completely ineffective he slipped when he saw holes he would just get he would just get kind of tripped up just by 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 the shoelaces a few times just kind of marcus major things essentially and so and i i like when they throw it to him i like when they get him outside and and get him moving and it catches passes i like that when he gets moving, I said it before, he can move. He's fast. But my goodness gracious, getting carries between the tackles is just not his strength. 
And here's and here's something that I think is that maybe we just kind of have to face as well. I think the running back room is not very good. I sh- I don't think I sh- but like but I'm it's inexplicable because the Gavin Sachuk that we saw in the Cheez It Bowl is that that guy's good. So I don't know. And not, it gets a good team. Florida State's one of the best teams in college football right now, and that's a lot of the same players on that team that are really good are back this year for Florida State. Sorry. And yeah. so yeah, it's just. Uh, I'm trying to make peace with the Marcus Major of it all because it's clear they he's gonna he's gonna get the most carries out of anyone this year. It's pretty clear. Even though it's I mean, it's four games now. I mean, it's a third of the season. Third of the regular season's done now. Of the of of the four guys we've seen, it's if you have to choose like just based off the performance, it's so clearly Tawi is the guy. If 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 that's how you want to play it now, like I I. I want Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk to be the one-two punch more, like more than anybody. Like I want that to work out more than anybody. Javante Barnes looked bad this year. Gavin Sachuk looked like he's he was at fifty percent last week against Tulsa. Tawi Walker looks looks like a, like a real player. He just does. He's good. He's a good player. I don't care. That he's a walk on. He's good. He, he's he's good. It's it's okay to give him the ball more. And I. I don't know, but, but also where where the I like, and I know they want to run the ball, and I know running the ball well with the play action makes the big plays and everything. But oh my god, they they got three really good receivers that need to touch the ball a lot, and that's just what it needs to be. That's what the offense needs to be. And they have more than three. I mean, Jaden Gibson's a good player too. I he can get the ball get ball in his hands. He's a good player. I mean, that's that's four. Uh, I we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I mean. Tawi, to, to be fair to Marcus Major, I mean, look at the numbers. Tawi had five carries, only 15 yards, so he only averaged three yards per carry. Uh, he did have a couple catches, and he had that nice catch where he broke a couple of tackles uh, in, in his first series on the field. Uh, I, my thing is, like, if you give Tawi Walker as many carries as you give Marcus Major, like, I, I'm pretty confident there's going to be more production there. You flip that around, you give Tawi 15, I, I would bet Tawi would have more than 4.2 yard, yards per carry in the game. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be pretty confident in that, but um, we'll see. Hey, I mean, you got got one more game until the till the big show, so we'll see what they do against a you know a, a, a good Iowa State defense, but an Iowa State team that's going to come in pretty confident after beating Oklahoma State, which I mean, probably a pitifully bad Oklahoma State team if from from what <laughs> we understand now. But yeah, I don't know. What do you want to get into the what, what did you so? I'm I'm kind of going through Twitter and everything, or, or going through Sooner Scoop, reading the boards and everything. A lot of people not you know not very happy with Dylan Gabriel in that game, and it's different. I mean, when you're when you're watching it on TV, like it's different. I I, I probably would have had a different perspective on it. Um, where I and I already said that in the stadium, I thought he played pretty well. What uh, what did you think? I mean, it was his worst game of the season. Uh, but he, I don't think he played bad. It was just uh, the. The miss deep ball to Farouk was from where we were sitting looked really bad. I mean that was that looked like Dylan from last year where, where he would miss you know you know a couple you know five to eight per game. Uh, that that looked like it was pretty wide open. Uh, and then the other one it and it was it was half on him half on Drake Stoops uh, when he threw the ball behind Drake Stoops. Uh, a better a better throw makes it easier on Stoops that Stoops has to catch that ball. So I'm just going to say it was half and half. I, from where I was sitting, I don't know if you got that far in the rewatch. I mean, that, that was a touchdown to me. Looked, there's nobody behind. It wasn't. Him. There was a very deep safety, but it was a there's a chunk play. That's, that's a 40 yard gain. Okay, so that that was a situation where it and he he was kind of sped up. I get it, uh, 
but I don't know. I mean, I guess again, it's easier for me when I'm up top to see. It was, I mean, it was. I mean, it, he, he did a really good job of evading the rush to even get the pass off too. Or it was like that. That even kind of seemed like there was some improvement there in his game, where he was able to evade the rush and actually throw to a, a, an open receiver over the middle that he saw. Which you know, you, you obviously you hope you put it in front of him that he can keep running. And but still, yeah, Drake does have to catch that. Help, help your quarterback out. He like he, there was a you know he's he's staring down the rush and evading guys. Help 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 yep. your quarterback out. I agree. And, I mean, he you could argue he got lucky. He, he he got lucky that the ball he threw up in the end zone that should have been called P.I. on Cincinnati. I, was that Andrell or Farouk? Who, it was Farouk. So it should have been P.I., but they didn't throw the flag. I mean, that was thrown up like a, like a five, like jump ball in the, the triple coverage. So yeah, no, that was that, that was bad. That's bad. Like, so he's lucky that wasn't picked off because there was no flag thrown. I mean, who knows, though? Maybe maybe if they, they do pick it off, maybe they do throw the flag. It's like, ah, crap. Okay. I don't know. So, I mean, uh, that that wasn't great. Kind of lucky they got away with that one. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I thought he was Dylan Gabriel. Like, he's not a world beater. He's played fantastic so far this year. Uh, it's on the road. He's first time he's beaten Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, uh, he, he'd been 0-2 against the Bearcats beforehand. And he ends up getting that monkey off his back. Uh, and I, I think I, I liked his ability to pull it today and run. He had that rushing touchdown where maybe if he just would have handed it off, it would have been an easier touchdown. Uh, he had that really nice speed option, fourth down conversion, uh, where he kept it. Good play call by Mr. Lebby there, and, and Gabriel got it. So uh, a couple quarterback draws. So I thought he, you know, with his, with his feet, he was able, like, thank goodness when he scrambled and slid and got hit up top. He didn't get concussed like last year. Uh, whenever that, and there wasn't a targeting, so maybe it wasn't, I guess maybe it wasn't as bad of a hit. It didn't look that bad on TV, but I mean it was still. St- I mean, still like you, personal foul. Uh, yeah, yeah, at this point in time, you, you only you throw the flag on the guy for just being a moron. Like, <laughs> yeah. do you watch football on TV ever? Yeah. You play it, probably not. <laughs> uh, but I mean, his numbers aren't bad. I mean, he had three twenty two, twenty six to thirty eight. I mean, that's not that's not great, but it's not terrible. You know, one touchdown didn't throw a pick. Like that. I, he 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 was fine. Like I, th- I thought, he played above average football. Like he wasn't bad. And he, I mean, he did. He, he fumbled too. Uh, oh, that's right. He did turn points, which is you know don't don't fumble. It's lame. That's that's lame crap. Don't do that. Good point. Yep. He also did fumble. Good call. I forgot about that. And that was right after the. That was the snap after Marcus Major slipped and fell down when he had an open hole and could have picked up a chunk play and gotten near the goal line. Uh, just uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but I mean, Gabriel's been great. He's been terrific. No reason to feel any different. I guess. It's it's notable though that we for the first time all year we did not see Jackson Arnold. First time we have not seen Arnold come in and do anything, and it's the first conference game. So I what I can assume now, Grant, is that um, Davis Bevel is actually the backup, and they're going to go ahead and not not play Arnold anymore and just redshirt him this year. I'm excited to see uh, Oral guy. The DB's pretty. I'm pretty sure he's hurt. Did he yeah, get, didn't he get yeah. seriously hurt? That's a, it was his knee, I think. So I, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's probably available. So I guess it's general. General Booty, Booty is is the third string. So that's uh, yeah, I don't. Like, what if DG goes down and, like, then General Booty is the backup? Like, that's, that's kind of scary. Yeah, we're back where we were last year. Maybe even worse. If, if, these, if whoever couldn't beat out Davis Bevel, got D- Davis Bevel catching a stray. <laughs> he hasn't even played today. Sorry, 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 DB. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, but no Jackson Arnold. They, I guess they didn't want to use the, 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 the jackhammer uh, formation today. They, um, which... Okay, great. That we didn't put, uh, you know, didn't put Jackson Arnold in position to get injured, so that's always a plus. But uh, it's just kind of notable. I guess I don't really have many thoughts aside from the fact that for the first time this year we didn't see him play, and I, I'm going to guess that's straight up road environment. And 
I mean, even though on defense all these young guys are getting in and getting shots, they're like, ah, I guess we're not gonna we're gonna just keep Gabriel in. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I I don't I don't really I I I didn't expect to see Jackson Arnold really at all in this game, so that doesn't. Doesn't necessarily surprise me. Just yeah, I mean, the one thing that that leaves me shake or just sort of scratching my head is I, I don't really know what they're doing with the running backs or the run game or, but you know, I I still have confidence they're probably going to turn in. That's eventually going to have a probably really good running team at some point in time this year. Even in the second half, they started to find creases. They started to find stuff that was working in the run game. Um, it, it's a matter of time. But you know, honestly, keep giving that many carries to Marcus Majors. Pro- probably going to stay inconsistent. And I don't like I don't want to pick on the guy, like you said, but it's that's just not it. He's just not it. I mean, I guess he's never he's never been the feature guy for a full season because he's always getting banged up. And uh, it was right around I was looking back at the the game logs from last year. It was it was kind of right around this time, like against Nebraska game three. He, I mean, he was heavily involved in that. His yards per carry was not very good. Shocking, I know. But he had a, a touchdown in that. And he had that. I think he had that touchdown reception. Uh, and then K-State didn't really do a whole lot. And then I want to say there was maybe in like one or two more games where he actually did a little bit, and then it was just nothing the rest of the year. Uh, and who knows if that was just because he was injured. Uh, it makes it seem like it was because he was hurt. So my the point I'm getting to is that maybe if he can stay healthy <laughs> and he can get more and more reps, more and more, I guess, feelings, you know, I guess, Snaps behind this line of scrimmage, this offensive line. Maybe he'll start to figure sure, it out. Sure, sure, and th- and that's what we have to hope for. And you know, if that happens, I'll say it. I'll say it. But because um, he's I mean, he's going to be the guy. Like that's, I think that's that's where it is. I mean, he was get he was getting the bulk of the carries in the fourth quarter when they were trying to ice the game. He's the guy who they're going with. So live or die with him. And I'm glad they have glad they have three, four, and five. Those guys are good. <laughs> that's that's your offense. Get them the ball. Like it's. It's clear as day to these eyes right now. Uh, offensive line-wise, I saw uh, Troy Everett. I, I think he played most of the game at left guard. I, I, don't, I don't recall seeing a lot of Caden Green. I guess I, I wasn't looking that closely for it. Um, you know, Everett was, I think, flagged for a holding penalty. Um, but just notable. I know like offensive line is one of those things where when I rewatch games, I'll, I'll look closer at the offensive line. When the game is happening live, maybe I'll kind of take note of who's in. Uh, but, you know, nothing really stands out aside from that. Uh, just got more notes on the offense. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Um, offensive line is like, obviously, you know, they didn't really generate any explosive runs or anything like that. Not really getting to the second level on that. I, I think there's still, there's still some space there to do some damage with, with the right guy. But, um, again, I thought... You know, outside of a couple of things where you got a couple of NFL guys rushing the passer, um, as always, they they were rock solid in pass protection as they have been. Like I, I keep saying, for about thirteen consecutive seasons. Let's go to the West of Ever's Facebook page and read your three word reviews, and uh, potentially can bring up some topics we haven't hit on yet, uh, things we haven't thought of, and we always like to get your guys' opinions. So we start. With longtime listener Harry, Harry says, defense wins championships. And Harry also says, I got it in honor of my uncle. God rest his soul. Uh, Steven says, officiating is bad. So the P.I. shirk either way. And then like the missed P.I. on Farouk, that was that was bad. And I know like we were kind of trying to figure out that that play near the sidelines that was under review uh, there, where they called it a catch on the field and then they 
or I guess they they let it stand upon review. I they just Fox's broadcast didn't seem to have the the really good angle of it. So I know some people thought that was that should have been called incomplete. And I we want you know you were showing it to me. You were watching it back and like uh, live. I thought he got his foot in. Uh, granted, you know what does that mean? It's it's live action. And even on the replay, I, I feel like there was no good replay to to, to show a distinctive angle like whether or not he got it in or not. So I don't know if that's part of the official. Uh, yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't have a lot of thought. I mean, it is what it is. It's over. We'll see. Well, I mean, if there's if there's going to be a, a huge trend with officiating, we will <laughs> we'll know it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Steven also says Stutzman Buckus Award. That'd be something. Uh, I mean, I'm like, yeah, he's on that track. I, I don't know if he's going to win. I mean, that's like even getting to the point of just being like nom- like being a finalist. That's that's a big deal. I mean, you're really good. So like, I don't. I don't know about that, but yeah, he's he, he's playing at a level uh, that I've seen an OU linebacker hasn't played in a long time. And I mean, Kenneth Murray was a was an All American. Kenneth Murray was really good in 2019, his last year here. He's he's a lot better than Kenneth Murray right now. I think so too. He's like a yeah. lot better. I mean, because Kenneth would still make those kind of things. Like he's so ath- he was so athletic, but then he. I, granted, I, I was giving Sutzman some grief for a couple of snaps last week. Uh, but in totality, it was really good. And in, in totality, Kenneth Murray was really good, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that, that would be the next guy. I mean, he's first-round draft pick. Uh, okay, more from the West Everest Facebook page. William says, Arnold starts soon. <laughs> just got to go ahead and bury. Just, let's go ahead and just move on. Go, go Jackson Arnold. Uh, ben says, covered by hook. You told me after the game that it, it, you, think, you think you saw it closed at 13? 13 and a half. Okay, so they, so they did, yeah. And. Um, that's the thing is like we're, we're here we're in Ohio so Ohio you can you can legally bet so we've been playing around with that quite a bit this weekend and I, I did note yesterday that the line in some books went down below 14 and I thought about it I was like ah, eh. but at the same time I've been totally against any action on OU at all this season just because I'm not gonna play that game but yeah if you were somebody that got it at 13 and a half instead of 14 and a half which is where it was for a lot of the time obviously uh, you're a winner and OU is Four and zero against the spread, which is terrific. I mean, everyone always says, "Good teams win, great teams cover." Boom, baby. Skip says, "Tough road win." Refs against OU slash Texas. Danny Superman Stutzman and <laughs> Skip says, "Shakehead RBs." <laughs> I feel like I, I, I've noticed now the people at least that engage on our our Facebook page and on Twitter and stuff. Uh, it, it's a lot of the you know same people, and we really appreciate it. And I get the sense that a lot of people that listen to the show have similar feelings that we do when it comes to a lot of different parts of the team, especially the running backs. And maybe it's not just us. Maybe a lot of fan, the fan base have the same thoughts. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we are. No, I, haven't, I, I haven't really gotten the vibe that, that a ton of people are super, super digging the Marcus Major phase right now. Or really just what's going on. No, but ev- nobody knows what's going on with the running backs. So everybody's just like, WTF, man. Like, what do, like, I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm just, I'm just trying to roll with the good vibes. Just roll with it. Whatever. Like, and that's where I'm just like, if you're going to be so Jekyll and Hyde with your running backs, screw it. Just throw it 50 times. I don't care. Your receivers are good. It's so bizarre because you look back at the statistics of Levy offenses, and there's always two running backs at least that have a ton of carries. And right now, it's a lot of Marcus Major and, like, probably Tawi Walker, kind of. or uh, Tawi and Javante Barnes are probably right around the same. Uh, 
So, you know, I, by the end of the year, who knows, maybe it will be a, a couple of guys that end up having a bunch of carries. But, you know, I mean, and Austin Stogner continues to just straight up get the most snaps of anybody sans DG on offense. <sighs> I, you know, and, I'm, and, hey, man, they're lining him up in the backfield, too. Maybe he's going to get a carry here once or twice. I, I do got to tell you, man, I don't I just I just didn't really see what he what he did today. I don't know. Like they're, I mean, if they can't if they're not really running the ball very well. Like I assume that's why he's on the field. They're not. They target him maybe maybe one time a game, if that. Today I don't think he was targeted at all. Maybe maybe he was once. He was once on a third down after the um, after one of the turnovers or one of the, I can't remember. Uh, Robert on the West of Ever's Facebook page does not have any three word reviews, but he's got some thoughts and comments. Robert says, forty three passing attempts for Cincinnati and not one holding call." Question mark. And he says, OU and Texas fans better get used to this for the rest of the year. Yeah, I'm, I'm not in the spot of thinking like there's going to be some sort of conspiracy theory against OU and Texas because I just I don't think people care enough about that. Like, like it's just they're going to do their jobs. Uh, I ob- obviously I'm of, of the mind that when OU plays Texas, I, I'm a big believer that OU's got to be better than Texas because they're going to probably get some calls here and there uh, again over time. Does the data back that up? I don't know, but it just it kind of feels like it. Uh, that's one game in the Big Twelve. Um, we'll see. I guess we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, Texas right now is beating the crap out of Baylor, so the officiating hasn't really mattered. They're they're making sure it's not even an issue. So I guess we'll see. It's one game, but I don't know. Do you do you get the sense that OU and Texas are going to have to watch their backs because of officiating? I you know I don't I don't know. I live I thought there was quite a bit of quite a bit of tugging and pulling going on. I mean, o- OU's front was, it's, it's not like they were struggling to get, to get into the backfield and to, like, they were, I mean, they were struggling. They, they were really struggling with OU's athleticism, especially at linebacker. Oh, my, like, so I, I don't know. I thought I saw some stuff go, go uncalled live while I was there. And, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not really one of those who buys into the conspiracy stuff. But, yeah, I mean... One hold called against OU's opponents in conference play last year is it's it's a little suspicious. It's weird. I mean, that's weird. That's it. It one call, yeah, in the Baylor game. Hmm, Baylor got yeah. called. That was the only game that an opponent got called for holding against OU. Well, I'd like to see what other teams, the stats of other teams as well. I mean, that that's probably the lowest. I mean, that's only one. It's like Texas. Texas others? was really low too. They only had like two called on. Oh, so they like had last year. So they're all, Every, they're everyone else. Stats. I, I actually I don't know whatever what all the other teams were, but like I like I watch a lot of football, man. It kind of seems like it seems like every team gets called like for holding at least once per game, like on average. And if you're you know OU okay. played nine Big Twelve games and their opponents only got called for it once, Texas twice. Especially with how much havoc OU, even though OU's defense was not that great last year, they caused a lot of havoc. A lot of t- so you think there'd be a lot more hold? Well, unless they just. Other teams were like, "No, nah, sorry, we can't. We can't commit penalties." And that's why Oakland had so many TFLs because they weren't holding. <laughs> they were getting past them. Uh, so we'll see. We'll kind of keep an eye out for that, Robert. Uh, more from the West of Everest Facebook page. Caleb says defense keeps improving. Indeed. Uh, Shane with nice road win. Uh, more from Shane. <laughs> I like this one from Shane. Defense ate chili. <laughs> uh, yeah, they probably went to skyline. It's good. We had it. Enjoyed it. Uh, by the way, you're talking about the you kind of saw some pulling and tugging. I, I meant, uh, meant to mention this a second ago. And I uh, at halftime when I was going to the bathroom, 
I overheard a couple of Cincinnati people behind me talking about how, uh, number one, uh, they were kind of perplexed and a little annoyed that Cincinnati was not winning at halftime, which, <laughs> uh, you know, I, in my head, I thought, well, that's not a crazy conversation to have between two fans of the team because, yes, sure, you could, you could make the argument certain things. You know, they missed that cheap field goal, maybe some – Okay, maybe they could have been winning, but also I want to turn on and say, guys, listen, you should be very happy that they're not down by three scores right now, the way Oklahoma's playing. Like, uh, so anyway, so that was kind of interesting that the perspective of uh, that, and also they were like, man, their their front, their front is really good. They're getting after it, man. They got a good front, which was interesting to hear considering how lax the havoc numbers have been sans last week against Tulsa, where they were through the roof. They are good. They're good. They're just they're a little bit. They're not. They're not like ultra explosive on the front. And unless unless PJ Adeborare is in there, then they're he's like I, I'm sure there's probably some stuff he just doesn't really know how to do yet, and like he can't. But yeah, he. I think I think he's. I think he's gonna work out. Like he looked. He looked really good again. Like I was. I, I was making an effort when I was rewatching the game to kind of watch every single time he was in there. Yeah, I mean he just. And dude, he looks so good in person. It's like his his arms are so long, it's insane. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, that's I their front is good. It's it's obviously a lot much improved this year. And like and I'll be like it really helps that it's clear that their linebackers are really good. It that makes them look a lot better. I like it's I gosh man, I, I just don't want to harp on it because he just I man, he was with OU for a long time, but David Ogwebu missed a lot of stuff last year, man. Made them look really bad in a lot of spots. This is a really good three-word review from David. David says, rhythmless running game. I like that. A little alliteration. He's right. Uh, Tim, gimmick offense, Lebby. <laughs> so, it is. It's a... It's, it, I mean, it's... You know what's not gimmicky? Throwing to your really good open receivers and letting them go do things. That's not... Do it. That's, that's your offense. Uh, Robert uh, Robert adds a three-word review. Says egregious pass interference. Uh, Hunter says Oklahoma's defensive renaissance, and I think he edited a previous one. Hunter says changed my comment because it was too long. Uh, I I didn't see your comment before, so sorry, Hunter. Uh, but he says offense looked improved with room to grow. They're close is the riveting statement. Oh, <laughs> they're close is the riveting statement here. LOL. He says Owen Stutzman has been at Buckus levels. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'd like to, uh, maybe Hunter to explain more where he thought the offense looked improved with room to grow. Uh, I'll say it. I'll say it. D Dylan Gabriel, there were guys that were open and Gabriel was finding them in the mid range. That was, that just like didn't really happen at all last year. In fact, that was, that's, that was the majority of their passing game today. Okay. And so I, you know, I like that. That's, I, I think that's probably what was in my head when I was thinking myself, oh, Gabriel's been pretty good. It just like, I just, I didn't really ever see much of like a mid-range passing game from them last year, which that's what it was today. That's where they got a lot of their chunks. So Rhonda, uh, kind of a counteract to Hunter's three-word review. Rhonda says, offense needs improvement. Yeah, it, it needs more consistency, man. Like, I, it just, the running game got, has got to get better. Uh Good one from Allen here. Allen says, defense steals show. Defense winning the game, man. Uh, Justin says, TFLs, and then he has the greater than sign, 
points allowed. So more, yeah, more TFLs than points allowed. Yeah. And I mean, they didn't, they didn't have an egregious amount of TFLs or as far as like, so yeah, that's actually really interesting. Uh, you always want that. That's for sure. Uh, Matt says, Danny Buttkiss Stutzman. Uh, he was so good. He was, he was just really, really good in that game. Like there was, I, I was watching the, um, right before we started recording, I was watching one of their fourth down stops and they actually got it. They got it down with inside the 25. That was when they were going into us like uh, on, on that, on the end that we were sitting in Lee and they got a second and two. And from there, second and two, Cincinnati ran three plays didn't gain another yard. And on fourth and two, they ran Cincinnati ran like a little crossing route with a tight end and, and maybe I think a slot receiver and on the, on the end. So they're uh, throwing a lot of junk right in front of Danny the tight end goes, crosses his face, and what Danny, he shoves him, shoves him, knocks him off of his route, right as he's kind of like organically following the other guy crossing his face into the passing lane, gets his hands up, makes, uh, makes a play on the ball. Pass defended. Havoc. Fourth down, Sooner ball. Next play was Andrew Anthony's catch. Okay, that, that was the fourth down. Okay. Yeah, that was big. No, good to see that. I mean, it, especially in, in all phases. Uh, Pass coverage and also, uh, obviously, in the run game because the, against the run was Kenneth Murray's strength. But he, even in his like All American year, he was he was always kind of wishy washy when it came to if covering guys <laughs> during the during pass plays. Um, all right, so more from the West of Everest Facebook page. A lot of comments. I appreciate that, everybody. Uh, Rosa says offense needs Arnold. So we can talk more about Jackson Arnold. Rosa also says, Gabriel's a nice quarterback, but he still seems to miss big plays, which we can't afford against Texas. Seeing the missed touchdown to a wide-open receiver, not giving a jump ball to Gibson in the corner of the end zone. Actually, you know, that's actually not a bad point. I mean, at least that, and that was actually in front of us down there. Put it in a spot where at least Gibson has a chance to make a play. I mean, I was re-watching that. Uh, that's, there wasn't much there. He he wasn't he was not as open as Joel Klatt was saying he was on the broadcast. That would have been if, if he would have hit Gibson on that. That that have been maybe the best throw of Gabriel's career. The only the only way you could have com, com, completed that was with a back shoulder. All right, no, you watch it back. I haven't watched it back yet. Um, more from Rose's comment. She says uh, this is in continuation of Dylan Gabriel today. Says hesitating to hit Freeman for a potential touchdown. Uh, it's hard not to think that Arnold makes those throws. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, that um, the one where Freeman, I, I know, I know what she's talking about. I, I, I absolutely know that play. Gabriel can't make that throw. That's a throw he's not capable of making, and I, I mean that sincerely. He's like, so Joel Klatt pointed out too. He's like, he thought he was like Klatt was like, you know, for a split second, he's got he's got Freeman right here on the on um, on the seam, and he did for a split second. Would have been an NFL throw. Maybe Jackson Arnold can make that throw. I've seen enough Dylan Gabriel. He's not capable of making that throw. I'm glad he did not pull the trigger. So, I mean, Rosa, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's, it's one of those things where it's, it's tough to pull a guy. I mean, this isn't Kelly Bryant at Clemson when, when Trevor Lawrence was there. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is a nice college quarterback. He is. And he's, he's, he's having a really great season. And he's ran the offense a lot. He knows, he knows his offense. This is year two for him at Oklahoma with Jeff Levy. Uh, and, and he's playing just too well right now. Uh, but again, it's, it's notable that Arnold didn't play. He'll get his chance. It's just, you know, we've been kind of pining whenever Arnold does play. Let, let Arnold run the offense and let him do it. But, you know, and we'll probably see 
Arnold next week against Iowa State. They'll probably try to find ways to get him in there because, I mean, against Texas, they're going to – I mean, unless something weird goes on. I mean, you'd think they want to do something with him in Texas, but, you know, we'll cross that bridge once we get there. If they do something with him, you know, if they do something in Texas with him, I mean, I hope it's him running the offense and throwing bombs to their three really good receivers. Yeah, no, I'd be – yeah, because he – yeah. I mean, he had that long, nice touchdown pass to Nick Anderson last week. Um, I'm in, right, I'm, almost. By the way, I'm <laughs> I'm all in on Nick Anderson. It it didn't take much. Like me, just just seeing him in person today. Yeah, dude's like he already looks like an NFL. He looks like an NFL guy out there right now. Well, hopefully you didn't just put the uh, the DJ Graham curse on him. As uh, I'm not saying he's gonna be drafted. I'm just saying like right now that dude like yes, uh huh. Get, like he is something. He's good. Really good player. I'm happy that that's working out and they're getting in the football. They are getting him the ball, but they need to get him the ball more. We're almost done on the West of Everest Facebook page. I had a couple of good ones here from Jack. Jack says, Nippert was rocking. Uh, I was telling, talking to you after the game, and, and I'm just kind of numb to it. And uh, I guess what's the I, – I kind of take things for granted because I've been to so many games now, and I've, I've seen a decent amount of stadiums where – I mean, loud is loud to me. Like, I, it, to me, it, it, it seemed loud. It, yeah, but – not much louder like it's not like louder than anything i don't know like loud stadiums to me just got, like, all sound the same it all just kind of blends together uh, i know you were saying though that it seemed like nipper was you know louder than the normal stadium i thought it was really loud i thought it was really loud in there especially in the first quarter that first like the first couple drives that you had the ball man it was i was really loud in there after after gabriel's fumble it was really loud um i yeah i like the only thing i can really compare it to recently is i, I think in terms of like it's close to as loud as like as Kansas State gets. That's like it was close, and it's like when you're there, the people who are there, like it really is dug into the ground. Like it's, it's like I, you know, I'm not not much into like science and whatnot, but that seems like a place that really holds a lot of sound, because you are like you're just kind of right into, and it's, and we'll talk. I don't know when you want to get to this, but like yeah, I mean it's just it's a bandbox, man. It's so small. It's the worst. It, it's the worst concourse slash bathroom setup of any venue i've ever been to i do not say that lightly it was all, it was so uncomfortable yeah i wonder uh those of you listening that went to the game we know some of you went to the game uh do you share our thoughts if that was the first time you've been to nippert because that was our first time at nippert uh by far the worst bathroom situation i've ever been to at a at a major sporting event i mean there was like a bathroom on like one side of the the field and then there was a bathroom like on the other side of the field and that was kind of it <laughs> i mean there was there, you said there was they're like in the in the end zone side there was like one that had maybe like two toilets this, so yeah it's like yeah there was there was one one facility each on each side like behind the press box and then on the other side of the field and then and kind of like at the 50 like you know 40 50 yard line yep, think of it that way yep and then and then in the student section end zone, that side, I could tell there was a lot of porta potties, like maybe like yes. seven or eight of them just kind of lined up. And then in the end zone where we were, it was like this like kind of, and this is a brand new building. I was looking at things. This is like when they renovated the stadium. This that building that they built behind that end zone is brand new. It's a new building. There was it was all they had in there was just a concession setup with nothing else. And then on each side, yeah, there was just one singular bathroom. The, the men's bathroom had a urinal and a toilet. It was just for one person. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. So 
it was a situation where it's like, well, I guess we're uh, we're not gonna be drinking a whole lot because uh, I don't want to have to be forced to go to the bathroom because it's gonna take us, you know, take twenty minutes to go and then get back to the seat. And so we, uh, you know, at halftime we went went to the bathroom, got got a couple drinks to hydrate, and got back to our seats like with one minute to go before you know kickoff. And that was like one of the times where the long halftime actually benefited us there. But yeah, uh, whatever. I mean, Oklahoma ended up winning. I just Everything else about the stadium was kind of cool, I guess. I mean, good atmosphere, uh, sold out. But, man, the bathroom situation, atrocious. Yeah. Um, trying to think of other, like, other thoughts I had. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was a decent crowd, good, good crowd, loud when it was. But, like, also, they didn't, they didn't have much to cheer for. Oh, you really did. Like, I think that's what is... And, and and maybe it kind of sounds like people who watched it on TV had the same thoughts as as we were when we were saying that it felt like a game that OU was controlling pretty much the entire time. Like it was it was obvious. The, but like that's what Team One Twenty Eight was like too. Where it's even in their their maddening losses, it was like it's clear like on a play by play basis that they're better than this other team, but they just weren't. But they I guess in this game like that was the case. But at least they kind of kept them at at arm's length, and they ended up winning by two scores. And I know Venables you know, made a comment of like, yeah, I would have liked to, I'm paraphrasing, you know, put him away earlier. And it's like, yeah, I They did. I agree. And, that's, and that's, like, that was the theme, right? That was the theme, especially in the last, you know, the last quarter of, of, of the season last year or the last maybe third of the season last year where they would jump on teams. It was clear that they were like kind of more prepared than they were. And they, they had a good idea of, of how the other teams wanted to attack them, how they wanted to attack the other defenses. And they'd kind of get up on them. And then there would be little, there'd be times in the game where the other team would just be begging to be put out of their misery. And OU just wouldn't be able to do it. That happened against West Virginia. That happened against Texas Tech. And that happened against Florida State. And there you go. They lost all three of them. And, it's, and it, did, it happened again against Oklahoma State, too. Oklahoma State just was also going through another one of their weird yes. moments where they, they couldn't take advantage of anything also. I mean, 28 points in the first quarter and then nothing after that the rest of the game, and Oklahoma still won the football game. Uh, almost done here on the West of Everest Facebook page. Another one from Jack. Jack says, no skyline chili, and then he has a little sad emoji. Uh, I take Jack maybe was here in Cincinnati and didn't get a chance to go. Uh, that's, that's too bad if that's the case. Uh, and finally, Andy says... And this is like I, I feel this one, man. Because I, I don't know. Like Andy says, Barnes, Sawchuck, Portal. Like I'm honestly like I, I almost made the joke to you, uh, like in the third quarter today. Like, oh hey, like I just looked on on, uh, on the sideline. I think I just saw Gavin Sawchuck enter the transfer portal. Like I just, <laughs> like, I mean, it's it's a joke, but also like okay. Um, then again, I guess if he went to the portal, then you you look at the other fresher running backs they have that. You know, like, I don't know, man, whatever. Maybe they'll figure it out. They always figure out the run game. They fig- they've figured out the run game essentially every year that, that, that Bill Biedenbaugh's been here. So I – but also, man, I yeah, they usually have better dudes back there. But I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm so confused about that now. I just don't even know. I don't know if Ramondre Stevenson's walking through that door this season, like in 2020. Over to Twitter. I am at Lee Benson Tweets. First up, former coworker at News 9, Ryan. Ryan says, blue-collar beatdown. Nice alliteration. Uh, our cousin James says, successful road trip. And then, of course, uh, James points out that OU is 
Oh, he he got he goes four and O, oh, ATS <laughs> gets the spread. Uh, all right, Braden Conover comes in here with uh, play Jackson Arnold, getting some some Jackson Arnold pro stuff here. Interesting. Uh, Dan has plenty. Dan says only six points. Defense humming along. Need play action. Not a whole lot of play action today. I mean, if you're not running the ball well, this is not going to work anyways. Uh, Marcus, run angry! Exclamation point. Like, they say, hey, run more angry. And then finally, Dan says, revamp running attack. So running game getting attacked. Gonzo Strangelove. He says, first down's atrocious. Now, I guess I didn't, I didn't notice. It. Were they really bad on first down today? More so than normal? I guess I, I, I didn't, I didn't uh, connect with me. Yeah, I think they may have been. They weren't, I mean, they weren't running the ball well. Yeah. Uh, more from Gonzo Strangely. He says, he says is this defense? <laughs> Especially the linebackers in secondary. Go Stutzman. Uh, and then more, he says, little non-blitz pressure. Gonzo says his only defensive nitpick. Uh, is oh okay they have to get more from the front four. Also complimentary football please. And Gonzo as uh, kindred spirit he says skyline chili FTW. Nice to know that you enjoy it as well. Michael says officials were something. More praise for Danny Stutzman he says Stutzman for Buckkiss <laughs> and then brought the chili. I like the chili three word reviews. I I, I enjoy the Cincinnati themed. Uh, chili references. Corey puts up the Oklahoma versus the world graphic. Very nice. Tim says no complimentary football. And that kind of just goes back to, again, like force two turnovers and the offense goes three and out. Help each other out, guys. Brett says defense wins championships. Uh, Chris says I'm Danny Stutzman. I really get that. Uh, I'm Ron Burgundy. That's that's what I'm thinking. So I was like, I'm Ron Burgundy. So Chris uh, had somebody put that in the prompter form. Uh, friend Angel says Gabriel needs improvement. I mean, not not his best game, uh, but not terrible. But yeah, I mean, you, you got to play better than that against better teams. At the frenzied says defense showed up. More Stutzman for Butkus. That's at O U Sanjay. <laughs> Don says D G grow up. Just I don't know, man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off here. Are you seeing the end, like where we are in this Notre Dame Ohio State? Game? Ohio State game has Ohio State has the ball at the one with seven seconds to go in the game, down by four. I saw that it was a close situation. We're watching the play unfold, a little live podcasting here. Uh, that's incomplete. Three seconds, so got, one play left. I got one play left. Wow. Before this play happens, uh, Zach says, "Well, we won." And also love the defense. Uh, almost done. Aaron says, great teams cover. And he says he had OU minus 13. Hey, great job. Wait, wait. A, good job. Wait. Good job, man. Good win. Way to wait to get it under two touchdowns. Is a good dub. <laughs> uh, friend of the pod, Josh says defense is real. Also, Stutzman is good. Two overthrown tutties. <laughs> kind of like that one. Oh, they run it. Sent Ohio State and they scored. That's pretty dope. That's a cool that's a cool way to win the game. And if you had Notre Dame plus the points, you still cash your ticket at least. Um unless no, they'll probably just take a knee on the extra point. Oh, game's over, dude. 
Oh, that's right. They they got to kick it though for. By rule, it might have to do something. Right, because yeah, if they block it and return it, it's tied. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they got to, they got to run this by rule. Let's just, just take a knee, obviously. Uh, lastly, I got we got one more three word review, and this one's kind of like out of nowhere and kind of funny. Uh, Tweet cop <laughs> says Scott Satterfield sucks. <laughs> just, Scott Satterfield getting just taken a taken a. It's off the top row. Yeah, you know what? I don't I don't think he's gonna work there. That's no, no, I don't. There's just. Like I, I was watching the game back, and there's just something about his face I don't like. <laughs> something about his face I don't like. Uh, as always, thank all of you, or thanks to all of you for your three word reviews. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, all right, well, next up, home Iowa State. I believe uh, what a six o'clock kick next week. A little, a little under the lights action. I was, I was wondering. Do you think they'll do it? And they should do this. They, they, sh- they should go with the anthracite uniforms. Cause they're gonna do and like and I'm saying that just because like I know they're gonna do some variation of alternates sometime this year and I, and I'm hoping that they're gonna they're they're taking the Rough Riders out to pasture. Those need yeah. those need to be retired. They're like ten years old now and they don't look good anyway. Um, I like I, I like the black the black jerseys though. Let's 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 wear them under the lights. Yeah, because last year we were talking about this. They they wore them against Kansas, but it was a day game. So yeah, seeing those under the lights. Could be interesting. Get kind of get that uniform combination out of the way. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Iowa State offensive explosion today against Oklahoma State gets a win at home. Uh, that we joked about how the total was the lowest total of the the week, and they explode for like a combined almost sixty points. Uh, or maybe maybe it was sixty. I guess the thirty-four math, to the twenty. Math works. Thirty-four twenty-seven. So yeah, I guess it is over sixty. At 61. Yeah, 61. Okay, math. So definitely uh, lost that bet. Was uh, pretty, pretty gung-ho on the under there. But uh, we'll see about Iowa State. We'll get to watch them. Haven't really seen them play a whole lot uh, this year. But giving up that many points to Oklahoma State is interesting. But who knows? Maybe Iowa State was looking ahead to OU. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a game that um, instinctually right now it does not strike a whole lot of fear in my in my heart and now that i say that out loud i'm terrified let's go ahead and play the guess the line game what do you think this where this line it's be 23 be? and a half you're saying 23 and a half I'm not saying that's what it should be i'm saying that's just what it's gonna be <laughs> okay okay water boy no, i mean i wasn't that's so just my that's just my prediction of what it'll be let's see it was it's gonna open at 23 and a half no, it'll be awesome. It'll be it'll be like it'll be like twenty and a half. Yeah, I could see that. Twenty three might be a little high. Yeah, we'll see. It's probably out there somewhere, but we'll talk about it midweek. All right. Well, Oklahoma is four and zero. Yeah, again, like I said at the start of the show, can't complain about a win, especially after last season the way it went. So. Good to see the Sooners continue to stay undefeated. And a lot of room. To, I mean, this defense has a lot of potential, a lot of room to grow. And you kind of hope the offense becomes more consistent. But uh, overall, got to be happy with what Oklahoma did today. Uh, they're like you said, they're a lot better than Cincinnati. You just kind of wish they would. They would have shown it more on the scoreboard. Any final thoughts, Grant? Nip high football rules. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll be back midweek to talk about OU against Iowa State. Until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. 
And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.